Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Jamie joining us all the way from Peru. Jamie, where are you based? Yeah. Hi, Alejandra. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Let's see. I am hailing from the Sacred Valley of Peru, specifically Pisac, which is a nice little Pueblo or village tucked in the Andean mountains. I love it. You're very special. It's, it's, it's very special to be there. I'm guessing that the energy is very different compared to other places in the world. It, it really is. The mountains here are so profound and so strong with their energy and just the natural beauty of the place, the Quechuan people, the artistry, the colors, the culture. It's really lovely. I love it. I love it. So Jamie, tell me about you. Tell me about your background. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep this succinct here. You know, professionally speaking, I've, I've been working and doing all sorts of things for about four, no, about 25 to 30 years. And I started professionally as a landscape architect. I've wow. always, yeah, <laughs> I've always been I've always been intuitive and it's taken me, it took me until I was about 35. I'm 47 now. It took me till I was 35 to consciously recognize and own my intuition and the connections I have with spirit and plants. And so in realizing that was part of my landscape architecture work and garden design that I was doing at the time. And so I've always been intuitive. I've always been a designer. I've always been connected to the plants and about goodness, six years ago, I found myself down here in Peru in Iquitos in the rainforest, specifically to learn and train in the Shipibo tradition of Curanderismo, which is just plant spirit healing. And it is a medicine tradition, an, indig- an indigenous medicine tradition where the plants are seen as doctors. And so the humans who um, study this tradition and study the medicine, they go and they connect purposefully and consciously with the plants to learn from them, to bring medicine back to their village, to their families, to heal their communities. Wow. And so we've been doing that ever since. And I'll just add in one more thing here. Also my work and, you know, for about 10 years now has also been as an intuitive medium. And uh, that just means that I connect with the unseen subtle energies of the vast intelligence that exists around all of us to bring guidance and wisdom and insight through for people's healing. I love it. What a beautiful journey. Sometimes we see just the highlights, right? Because you make it, you give us the little summary, but it's beautiful how from the very beginning, um, you was guided in a way in your career to have that connection with the plants to, and then you'll slowly, once you start listening to the messages, once you say, okay, okay, I'm being guided. Okay. Now it's time to evolve. Now it's time to transition. So today's episode is on plant spirit healing and multidimensional medicine for modern times. So yeah, so for the people that may not know what, how could we explain what a curandero is? Ooh, good question, Alejandra. So 
let's see here. Curandera or curandero is just a Spanish word for a plant spirit healer. Specifically, that's how it's used down here in Peru. There are many different indigenous traditions in Peru and quite honestly, across the whole planet. I mean, in the United States, Native American, um, you know, all across the planet, there's folk and indigenous traditions that have passed along the medicine of the plants for centuries. In Peru here, they refer to it as curanderismo. And then the person in the village or in the tribe or in the indigenous community who decides or feels the calling is most often how it happens, who feels the calling to work with the plants, to learn from the plants. And this of course can be male or female. Those who are drawn to it, typically there are elders or parents or grandparents, abuelas and abuelos. And this learning and training comes directly through the lineage of the community of the family. And typically a person is called or feels the calling to do so. And in the Shipibo tradition down here in Peru, that is in the rainforest, in the Amazon River basins, you know, Pacolpa, Iquitos, these types of small villages, specifically, these indigenous tribes work with, of course, the plants and the medicines of the jungle. You know, here in the here in the Andean mountains, they work with all of the medicinal plants here in the mountains. So no matter where you are on the planet, the curandero or curandero is someone who consciously works with and communicates with plants in ceremony, outside of ceremony, in prayer, in an altered state, in a non-altered state, but they just become adept at communicating with and learning from the plants. Wow, what a beautiful summary. For the person that may not know, altered state and not altered state, an example, would this be in ceremony or outside ceremony? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Thank you. So it can be, altered state can actually be induced or experienced in a variety of ways. One of the ways is through an entheogenic plant. Um, Down here, that happens to be ayahuasca. In the Andean mountains, it happens to be San Pedro. In other traditions, it would be other plants. Now, it can also happen through drumming. It can happen through dancing around the campfire. It can happen through simple contemplation or prayer or meditation. And you just go into an altered state where your receptivity, I would say, your receptivity to the multidimensional realms, the non-physical, non-material realms is much more acute or much more sharp, keen. And so your receptivity to that is higher or intensified in a way that you have clear receptivity to that intelligence, to that information, to that medicine. Wow, that sounds special. When would you recommend someone try ayahuasca? And when would you recommend someone try San Pedro? Would it be like location based if you can get to this? Or how how do you know which one to go for? If we've never experienced it, we don't know what to expect. I wanted to try ayahuasca, but someone actually like made me scared of it. And (laughs) and yeah, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to try it now because you're scaring me. So for the people that are a bit they don't know, they are interested, but they don't have anyone in the community that's tried it. So now they kind of want to break away and take their own path and try it. What would you say? Um, you know, it's interesting because I've in my relationship with the plants and in 
specifically in this question, ayahuasca is, is the plant that I've worked with the most in, in the tradition of curanderismo that we've worked in. And I say we, meaning my husband, who also is, is a co-founder of Casa Galactica, our business, and he's also a channel and a curandero and a plant spirit healer and a trauma-informed facilitator. So um, when I say we, that's who I'm referring to, I'm just realizing. But with ayahuasca, it's, it's always been clear to me that the plant is available to everyone. It just kind of, it makes itself available to everyone. And that being said, it's not for everybody, or I would say everyone is not ready for it. Um, specifically when I'm talking about ayahuasca in my own direct experience, sitting in and facilitating in probably over 90 or hundred ceremonies over six years in my direct experience with ayahuasca, it has this propensity with it to show us our truth very quickly. And when I say our truth, that can be like the, the beautiful expansiveness of our oneness and our consciousness and the truth of the love of who we are and who we are in our infinite beingness. And this really lovely, beautiful, you know, stuff that kind of makes you want to tear up and cry and you feel the love in your heart. And ayahuasca will also in, in efforts to show us our truth, will also show us those things maybe that are hidden or have been forgotten about or have been stuffed, whether that's like trauma or abuse, or maybe just a relationship ended and we never grieved it, these types of things. So ayahuasca will also bring those things to the surface for our awareness. It doesn't do that to be cruel. It does it because it knows that in order for those things to be healed, that they want to be seen, felt, and then loved and brought back into wholeness. And so ayahuasca assists and facilitates that process. Now it does so in a way that's very immersive and, and you have a very direct experience that goes in at the cellular level. And so there's this thing that can happen. You can go sit in a four hour ceremony one evening and, and drink ayahuasca and, and have some deep awareness about yourself and come out. And it's something that in normal time might take you two or three years of therapy wow. to get to. And then there you have, you've gotten to it in four hours and one night. So this is where it always seems to me the plants in general, and I'm going to say specifically entheogenic plants like San Pedro and ayahuasca, they have a tendency to bring you into awareness or wake you up very quickly. And sometimes I say they work at light speed. And so that can be very beneficial, but, and a person needs to consciously be aware of that and feel ready for it. And so this is where, you know, you'll hear people talk about, well, there are certain mental, mental conditions, emotional conditions where maybe a person's not quite a fit for ayahuasca because it could cause more harm. If someone, if someone has bipolar yeah. disorder or someone has split personality or, or someone has had mental or emotional illness for some time, it's not that that person won't benefit from ayahuasca. It's just that that person may need to do some work ahead of time before going to a retreat, before doing a ceremony under the supervision of someone who is adept at working with ayahuasca and, or a medical professional therapist, whoever they're. So it takes some time to be able to get to a place, to be able to sit in ceremony and be able to work with process through and integrate those insights and awarenesses and sometimes quite fantastically beautiful experiences 
that are gained. I love it. Thank you so much for like taking the time to explain that so thoroughly. Say, for example, for the individual that wants to try ayahuasca, that thinks they've healed trauma, but is kind of worried to go into a ceremony only because they think they've healed it, but maybe that may be brought up and they they don't want to touch those parts. What do we do then? <laughs> oh, Andre, bear with me because I'm like, I hear you. I feel the same way often. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> No, it's so funny. Okay. And it's not funny. And so that's also, you've, you've got some amazing questions and it's funny. Cause I was also going to ask you when you said that you're a little hesitant or maybe a little bit fearful to take ayahuasca, I was going to ask you too, in a minute, what your specific hesitancy is. So great question. It's always one. I just want to be really clear here. It is always everybody's free will choice to decide, do Am I, because that's the thing. Am I ready to see more about myself? Am I ready to possibly for more to be revealed that may be there that I haven't seen or I've dissociated from, or I've stuffed away, or I've forgotten about purposefully or unconsciously, it doesn't matter. And so it is really important that, that any one of us gets clear with ourselves. Am I ready to go sit in ceremony as there may be a possibility that I'll see more? I'll speak again from my own experience in facilitating in ceremonies and, and leading ceremonies and being a practitioner in ceremonies, a curandera in ceremonies, working with people, singing to people's conditions, um, assisting people in ceremony, going through tough processes. And in ceremonies, I sit for myself, my own personal healing to receive healing. Uh, yeah, I've had over the years, what I call a slow or very purposeful unveiling of memories that I have dissociated from since childhood in regards to my own abuse. And it continues to kind of like reveal itself, even, even though I would say in my case, I've gotten through the thick of it, the hardest parts, there are still some really interesting subtleties that continue to be revealed to me of, Oh, and then because of this thing, this is why you engage in relationships like this. I'm like, Ooh, now that can be tough to see, but it can also, after it's a little tough, you kind of feel, okay, I'm liberated. I realize I do that thing and I never knew why. And now I don't have to repeat that pattern anymore. So, yeah. So I would say to any person to sincerely check in with yourself, are you ready? Even, even if it's not an ayahuasca ceremony, even if it's therapy, or even yeah. if it's a, um, you know, a recovery group or in treatment or anything, am I ready to see some deeper layers of myself that are ready to be loved? Cause really any of those things that come up, no matter how hard they are, and sometimes they sure are hard, everything just wants to be loved. And so we get that opportunity to do that, but Alejandra, as you may be kind of feeling yourself, we've got to be ready for it. We, we don't want to step into something and just say, oh, I'm just going to see what happens and go with it's like, oh, you know, and this is why it's also can be so important to be discerning about when or if we do decide to sit in a medicine, a plant medicine ceremony, ayahuasca ceremony, it's important that it feels right to us. It feels resonant. It feels nurturing. It feels empowering. It feels safe. Yeah. And these are things that are important for us to look into when we go do, when we do go sit in ceremony with somebody, when we do go to a retreat, when we do decide to use plant medicine. I love it. I love it because I think you would have that feeling inside you, right? That says it's time for you to go or 
it's and you're like I don't know what's going to be brought up so I, I'm a little bit hesitant because I don't know what to expect if you've never done it so I just love it I love the way you've explained things and taken the time say for example with the communication with the plants through diet through meditation through ceremony and simple use of intuition with diet how would that be yeah so for your for the for your listeners um a diet and then down here it's referred to as a dieta it's not like a diet like we think of sometimes in the western world where it's like oh, okay reduce calories try to lose weight any of that it's not that type of diet it's it's a diet or a dieta with what is considered a master plant teacher and so specifically again in the shipibo tradition here in peru one of the master plant teachers that my husband, Michael, and I have been very fond of and felt very connected to from the get-go is a beautiful tree called No Yarao. And I just got chills when I said her name. She is- And your, and an your cat ast- jumped on the, on the windowsill <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah, you sure did. Hi, Arturo. Uh, so No Yarao is this fantastic tree that is an actual physical tree in the rainforest around Iquitos, Peru. The leaves of the tree are literally bioluminescent. And when they drop to the forest floor and when the leaves are on the forest floor and you're out there at night, there's all these glowing leaves on the ground. So it's really amazing and, and unreal in terms of the plant world. That's a very unique thing for a tree. Well, the local Shipibo familial lineage that we've trained with has great stories about Noya Rao and how she's taught their family and their communities for hundreds of years. And there's all these great stories. But when we go diet, we diet Noya Rao. And this means that you intentionally go and create, whether it's five days, two weeks, some people go and do three months, you intentionally create solitude to go and spend time. It can really be anywhere. You can go out in the jungle. You can rent a cabin. You can hold yourself up in your bedroom and, you know, turn your phone off. Whatever this is, you find solitude and time to purposefully connect with this plant to learn from it. And especially in, in the tradition that we work in and with ayahuasca ceremony and the plant spirit healing, curanderisma down here and with our retreats, we then, because we have dieted Noya Rao and she is our primary teacher, then our ceremonies are infused with her. Um, You may come and sit in ceremony with us and feel like the whole ceremony, I felt like there was a glowing tree above us in the, in the ceremony space. So she finds her way in and connects with people through our work that we do because she is our teacher, because we work through her knowledge, through her wisdom, through her love. And she's just a fascinating for us. She's a fascinating tree, a fascinating teacher. I I call her a maestra. I mean, does it matter that she's not human? She's a fantastic maestra. And so we learn a lot from her. She tends to show people or teach people their truth, which in terms of the work that we do at Casa Galactica, we are very strong and fond of empowering people to be in their own truth, whatever it looks like in its own brilliant uniqueness that only each one of us can actually express and share and embody. So that's another reason why we love Noya and we love dieting with her and working through her in our programs. That being said, Alejandra, you can really diet so many plants. If you, you know, it's like there's other plants here in the jungle and 
Other plants here in the Andean Mountains, for instance, eucalyptus trees are all over here. And I've got a plan to diet eucalyptus here in the next few months because I just feel that plant or that tree just calling me like, I've got things to teach you. I've got to tell you some stuff. And I'm like, great. So there's a lot of plants. And then even when we're not dieting, like you had mentioned, any of us can go connect with the plants at any time. If you walk out your front door and any of the flowers in your garden, any of the vegetables in your edible beds, anything like that, any plant has spirit and has consciousness and has intelligence and is happy to share it with humans. Wow, that sounds so powerful. Say, for example, with regards to the diet, say here in the Western world, is it's very different to, obviously, last year I spent three months in Colombia. So coming from London to now spent three months, the whole lifestyle, the whole culture, the whole, is very different. Say, for example, London, the rat race, I'm constantly trying to bring that bread home, trying to reach targets. Would that impact the diet or would that, would it be slower for me? Or I need to make some changes or adapt? I'm just loving your questions, by the way. Um, They're very deep and very perceptive and um, I'm just enjoying them so much. So I'm just probably going to keep saying that Alejandra. (laughs) Great, great question. So here's the deal. And this is where um, my own direct experience and and my own inner wisdom may differ from what the tradition would say. The Shipibo tradition would say, yeah, if you go off after a diet and you smoke tobacco, you smoke a cigarette and you drink loads of alcohol and you go and start doing loads of gambling. And what else, what other vices can we come up with? Any, anything that kind of, any of those things, I would say that any of us use and is very human to sort of preoccupy or escape or whatever those things are. The Shipibo tradition would say, yes, um, they call it crossing your diet. You've crossed your diet. You're going to have to go back you, you may have to sort of in plant world repent for your plant sins. You may need to diet extra long. You may need to strengthen your agreement with the plant and, and be even more committed or devoted or dedicated or fast longer. You know, there's, there's a lot of kind of, um, I would say similar to maybe some of the religions across the planet, you would need to repent. You yeah. would need to ask for forgiveness for your, your sins. Now, In my experience, my direct experience, and I believe this has a lot to do with the fact that I, before I stepped into this tradition of plant spirit healing or current Arismo, I was already practicing professionally as an intuitive medium. And so already connected with spirit, already connected with plants, already very receptive and, and empathic and sensitive and attuned. And, and so for me, what, what I found is that when we go diet with the plants, we learn, we train, we receive, we share, we build a relationship, we strengthen our own inner knowing, we strengthen our own intuition, we strengthen our connection to that intelligence of the plant. And therefore it also folds out or domino effects out to all spirit, um, whether anyone consciously or unconsciously recognizes it. And then when I go, say I decide, I haven't done this in a long time, so it's funny for me to even use this as an example. But say I decide, okay, this weekend I'm going to go drink. I'm going to go, I'm going to go party. I'm going to go stay out late and I'm cracking up because that's not been me since I was a teenager. But anyways, if that was me and I decided I was going to go do all these things, you know, all that actually does is take me away from myself. Yeah. 
you know, it, that's, that's at the core of it. I, I may cause my physical body harm because now I feel sick. I may be cloudy for two or three days and therefore not able to concentrate and focus on the things that I actually love. I may neglect connecting with friends because I'm sleeping it off for two or three days. So really those things affect me and my mental and emotional and physical health. And I tell you what, the plants and spirit and God for anybody who has that connection or desires that connection with God, all of those connections, they still are there. All of, all of our friends in spirit, all of our plant allies, all of our crossed over loved ones, all of the angels, all of the many faces of God, whoever they are, however they're expressing themselves at any time, they don't leave us. They don't, it's not conditional. They're not over there going, well, I was only going to give Jamie wisdom if she wasn't drinking vodka, but she started drinking vodka. So now I'm going to have to scuttle off here. No, no, the, the vast world of loving, intelligent wisdom, God, spirit, plants, trees, um, the vastness of consciousness is there reverberating, beating, impulsing, can't wait to douse us with love, wisdom, intelligence is not judging us, is not conditional. So I go and I drink and I'm out for three days and I come to, and I'm like, wait a second, I've got to stop doing this. I want to go back to my inner connection and I want to yeah. go back into embodying my truth. Guess what? It's all there waiting for me still. So for me and my direct experience, this is where it may be contrary to the tradition that I learned in. I, I don't see that my diet gets crossed. I don't see that it causes a problem for my relationship with the plants. I experience that the plants look at me and are also learning from me in my growth, in my drinking, in my doing things that take me away from myself and then inevitably bring me back to myself. So for me, I'm always feeling spirits there, spirits there, spirits there, no matter what I do, spirits there. And that holds true for all of us in my observation. I love it. I love it. Jamie, knowing where you are now, looking at your journey, looking at your successful career that you had, your career was based in the US, right? Yes. What advice, knowing where you are now, what advice would you give yourself? <laughs> so my present self giving advice to my past self. Exactly. From the very beginning, knowing where you are in the States, in your career, in, you know. Andrea, you are so good. Let's see here. <laughs> Oh, okay. Here's what comes up. Just sort of the instinctually this comes up and this is wonderful because even as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that I'm going to be doing some healing on myself right now by saying this to my past self, because there is no time. So, wow. Thanks Alejandra. Um, I'm going to say to my past self, and for some reason it's going to be my past self exactly 10 years ago. And I'm going to say to her that no matter what she thinks, or feels or senses or intuits is like the best laid plan for her in her life or in her profession or in her work. There's no way possible. She's even going to be able to fathom what that includes, that it's completely off her radar and it's going to be so much more than she could have ever imagined. And so, as I say that to myself in the past, I think I'm also saying to that myself. I think that's going to make me cry, right Jamie. I think that's going to make me cry. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandra, apparently I needed to hear that right now too. I'm like, oh my God, because I've been feeling so controlling about what's coming next, what's next. And so I'm like, oh, the same thing is happening now that was happening then. And thank you. 
Thanks for that. Oh, you're very welcome. I think I needed to hear that because I've worked so hard on jumping on the property ladder and it's like, I've just like it's it's not easy jumping on the property ladder in London so it's then you have to earn x amount of money then you have to pay more tax and it's like then obviously what you do do you save money and pay less tax or or, and it's like I've just lost so much money and I'm just like do I keep it do I keep it and now I just want to transition back to South America and it's like insane insane so I I needed to hear that so thank you Jamie Jamie what is your favorite book oh good lord Um, you know, I, I change my mind all the time, but my, my sort of background all-time favorite book series is the law of one, the raw material. It's, uh, do you know of it? No, no, no. (laughs) Okay. It's a, it's a five book series that is trans channeled by, um, an incredible human being that comes through in those five books. Just, I've, I've read through them probably five or six times and I'll probably read through them continuously th- through the rest of my life because I receive something deeper or more profound or it plants seeds that I don't even know. So yeah, I would say that's my favorite book series. I love it. I love it. Um, so we've spoken about your favorite plant about the, um, I'm sorry, I forgot the name, the glowing, beautiful tree and, and, and the one you, Yes. If you had to pick another one that say, for example, that could be located anywhere in the world, that's not like, you know, because obviously that one is exclusive. We would have to go to that particular place or that region. What, what plant would you, would you pick? That's, that can be accessed by everyone. Okay. This is where I get emotional. (laughs) I have, I have to tell you Alejandra, I've got my, my relationship with plants feels like oftentimes feels like human family. And so, um, there's it's like plants never leave me. Um, it, I, I grew up in Oklahoma. My heart is in Oklahoma and the native landscape or ecosystem in Oklahoma is prairie. And there is a lovely, what is called a sub shrub in the prairie in Oklahoma. It's a native plant and it's called sumac. Okay. It's, and it, it stills my heart. If, if anybody's listening, if you go Google this plant and look up the fall color of sumac and the berry comb of it, it just the plant is stunning and it's aromatic and it's, oh, it's just, it's just beautiful. So that is the plant that's nearest and dearest to my heart. Yes. Is that, is that only in Oklahoma or could that be seen anywhere in the U S depending on the climate? Yeah, there's, there's lots of different um, species of sumac across the whole United States from I think the east to west coast, probably more so in the in the northern half of the country. But yeah, um, so so you don't just have to be in Oklahoma, you you can, you can see that plant anywhere in the states. And I'm, I'm not sure if, if that if I kind of feel like intuitively that plant saying like, I'm also in, in, you know, some European countries, I'm like, okay, so it might be over there as well. So this is like a, like a little shout out to all the listeners that you can literally access this plant anywhere um, because 41% of my listeners are in the States. So that's why I asked if, if it would be based in Oklahoma or other parts in the US. Um, but that's beautiful that it's, it's based in the other parts. So I'll definitely be looking into that. Jamie, it's been amazing talking to you. Jamie, tell me about, Jamie, would you ever write a book? Alejandra, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process. I'm in the process of it. And, and I don't know how much I want to speak about it because it feels like it just kind of comes from my heart as it comes yes. through. But I'll say the the themes that I can speak to are um, the, the book is about 
empowering people to stand in their truth and to recognize and embody their own intuitive connection and their own birthright in receptivity to all of this love and wisdom that's constantly surrounding us in everything we do in the sky and the sun and the clouds in the mountains and the trees in the ground beneath our feet in the rivers and the oceans in all the humans that surround us and the birds and the trees all of this beauty all this intelligence all this love that's constantly speaking to us guiding us listening to us that that connection to all those things that very direct connection is available to all of us. So the writing and the book will be leading towards that. I love it. I love it. Powerful book. Some, some things take time because they're so genuine, so real, and it comes from the heart. Look, my last question, Jamie, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> Alejandra, <laughs> sorry, I keep laughing. I just keep cracking up because they just keep popping up and showing me cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas is my favorite movie. It's a very strange, interesting, oddly made and told movie with lots of fantastic actors. It's a movie for me. I, again, I had to watch it about five to eight times. Okay. And it's it's like the more I watch it, the more I capture or glean from it. It's it's a story told across space and time of all of these souls that continue to reincarnate with wow. each other and. In, in different play different roles and um how they're continuing to learn lessons from these incarnations and these roles i love it how do i spell it cloud like cloud above the sky c-l-o-u-d and in atlas like the book a-t-l-a-s yes perfect excellent uh jamie tell me about your services tell me about your ayahuasca healing retreat yeah great um so we will be um, this year, 2022, we're very excited here at Casa Galactica. It's really that we can feel this year. It's time to step back out with, with the pandemic and COVID of the last two years, we've consciously, um, you know, we've, we've not scheduled in-person programs just because of our, our sort of leaning towards safety and wanting everyone to be healthy and well. And this year we can feel it, it's time. It's time again, it's time for the in-person programs. And so we have 10 day um, healing and awakening ayahuasca retreats that we have scheduled for the later half of 2022. And we'll be also posting our 2023 schedule. And they are, Gosh, how do, how do I capture this? So Michael and I both work in a way like I've spoken of today, where we've always felt very empowered to follow our own path, to follow our own truth, to bring through our own medicine, to bring through our own healing and to work with our guides and what I call our spirit teams and work with the spirit teams of the people that come to the retreats and the programs. And so on this 10 day healing and awakening retreat, they're specifically designed for people who, like your question earlier, people who are, I would say, uh, dedicated inner truth seekers who are ready, willing, and able to see themselves at deeper levels that, that want to move through trauma that prefer, I'm going to call it professional support, yeah. guidance, empowerment, encouraging, nurturing through it. This is something Michael and I have 
in our hearts, and I would say in our soul blueprints is to assist people going through life transformations, but inner life transformations. So people stepping into their truth, people who are ready to step into their work and service to others as healers, people who are in the process of healing through trauma or abuse, people who are awakening to something bigger than they thought they were. So these retreats are for people who are excited about or ready to do their inner work. And so we have, you know, ayahuasca retreat or ayahuasca ceremonies that are a huge part of it. The ceremonies last about six hours. They're led and facilitated by my husband, Michael and I, and in these ceremonies, we sing a lot of healing songs known Mm -hmm. as the Icaros. And then outside of ceremony too, because we do so much work in the regular waking life, we do so much intuitive and channeling work. So outside of the ceremony on the retreats, we'll also be leading workshops. There'll be sharing and integration circles where everybody has an opportunity to share and process through what they're experiencing. Personalized plant treatment program. There's lots of other fun plants that we work with that that do a lot of healing for the mind, body, and spirit. And also it's all kind of, you know, held in this beautiful location with the mountains and the eucalyptus trees and, and the birds and the big skies and the powerful energies here and the Quechuan culture. And so it's just a nice place to come, rest, heal, empower, awaken, learn, love, grow. I love it. I love it. Say for the individual that, like you say, is very in human form, is out clubbing, is out drinking, does drugs, is, would there be preparation for that particular individual? Like they absolutely. would need to sober up? Yeah, absolutely. So anytime anyone signs up for one of our in-person programs, retreats, 10-day retreats, ayahuasca retreats, we do a very thorough health wellness screening questionnaire. And when we, when a person fills that out thoroughly, then after we, we look at that and we review that together. And then we have a pre retreat counseling session where we meet one-on-one video call with the person who's wanting to attend to ask any additional questions. So if someone, if someone says on their questionnaire, yeah, I, I, you know, I drink about five times a week and, and I use marijuana and I'm also on antidepressants. It's like, um, that's a, not a great combination, but it's a strong combination. It it can be what someone is doing, but they're saying, Hey, this is what's happening now, but I'm ready to change. I want to heal. I don't want to be addicted to this stuff. I don't want this to rule my life. I want to come to this program. I feel it in my heart. I need to do something and I need to do it now. And it feels like it's this. So yes, absolutely. We will give guidelines of, okay, say it's six months before the retreat that we're saying, okay, between now and three months before the retreat, here's what we're going to recommend for you. You know, oftentimes, especially if someone's on pharmaceuticals or medications, we'll of course have them work specifically with their doctor or medical professional to begin to wean off those pharmaceuticals. If they're contraindicated with ayahuasca, if they're not a good mix with ayahuasca, not all medication um, interferes or, or causes problems with ayahuasca, some does. So then also we'll say, okay, then by a month before the retreat, here's the guidelines we're giving you. And then definitely the week before you come to retreat, you know, begin to minimize your caffeine intake, begin to minimize your salt, the oil, begin to, by this time, it would be most beneficial if you haven't drank at all. So now here's the thing, even though we have very sort of common standards and guidelines that are pretty clear, depending on what 
someone's intaking into their body. Every person is different, unique, special. And so we also custom tailor preparation guidelines to people depending on their very specific uh, situations. And so we'll just make sure those are followed. You know, it's like someone can't, if someone shows up at a 10 day retreat and wants to drink alcohol the whole time, no, that's Mm -hmm. not a fit for us where we know that's going to cause problems and could be harmful to the person. And And, and we'll just say, and and also everyone's life. So say for example, because I work in healthcare, I always ask my patients, do you smoke? And how much do you smoke? Because their normal could be 30 cigarettes a day. For me, that's not normal, but that is their normal. So I have to respect that and and see that the oxygen levels will be down only because they smoke 30 times a day. So it's always kind of getting that through to anyone that may not know that is interested in doing this. Just know that, you know, there may have to be some changes in regards to preparation. And because my normal is not different. could be very different to someone else's normal if they smoke or if they take drugs or if they tell me about the Noya Roa diet. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. The Noya Roa initiation dieta. Yes. We, we will be launching those in 2023 and the Noya Roa initiation dieta is an opportunity. It's kind of like, we always feel like the 10 day healing and awakening ayahuasca retreat is the entry into working with us in, in the world of curanderismo in the plant spirit healing. And then the know your round initiation dieta is really sort of like a second level, second tier. Okay. I did the retreat. I really feel like I want to work more with the plants. I want to do so in a way that I'm dedicating or devoting myself even more. So that, that know your round initiation dieta, what we do is we teach people how to diet. We teach people how to go be in solitude, connect with the plant, communicate with the plant, learn from the plant. We also teach the healing songs, the Icaros of the Shipibo tradition, how to sing to the plant and for the plant, how to sing in ceremony. So people still sit in ayahuasca ceremony, but the purpose of it is different. And at this point on the dieta, the purpose is to learn more from the plant, be taught more by the plant, connect more with the plant, strengthen the connection with the plant. And so as curanderos and curanderas in ceremony on a know your round initiation dieta, we're doing a lot of singing and working in ceremony to connect people to their diets, to strengthen their awareness of the connections that they already have, to strengthen their awareness of their own truth and have that dieta bring their own truth out into their knowledge and wisdom. Oftentimes, again, this just seems to be this way. People who are already doing healing work or multidimensional work tend to be drawn to us, I think, because of the work we do. So the plant dieta, the know your initiation dieta can really be a boost or support or strengthening of a healer's work and help them get more clear about the very specific medicine that they bring through. And so it's a really beautiful thing. It's kind of like a second level, more direct immersive experience with the connection with the plants. I love this. I love this. Say, for example, for the individual that takes this path and then they do this path and then they do the diet, they do the ayahuasca with you. Would it sometimes like, say, for example, we sometimes, depending on our chapters in life, depending on our new journeys, our new paths, our new beginnings, would they sometimes have to let go of certain things, certain environments, certain people, certain crowds? (laughs) Yes. 
not all the time, Alejandra, but, but honestly, and I, I can feel if Michael was here, he would be sort of like, mm, I've been there, done that. Yeah. So absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you in my own direct experience, I'm always being invited is what I call it an invitation because sometimes I'm like, mm -mm, I'm not accepting that invitation. Not yet. Anyways, you're gonna have to show that to me like five more times before I accept that. And you know, that's part of being human, but yes. Yeah. Anytime we go into that deep work and you know, in this case, a, a dieta, maybe it's a Vipassana meditation retreat, or maybe somebody goes and, and spends some time in Nepal, or maybe somebody just does a uh, a one week yoga retreat. Anytime we go inward and consciously connect to the truth within us, whether that's a plant or our higher self or yeah. a deity or whatever, anytime we do that, we're always invited to see ourselves more clearly, to see more of our truth. And in that seeing more of our truth, we're also simultaneously shown those things that are in our environment, those people those types of patterns, those thoughts were shown these things that aren't so aligned with our truth. And then we have the invitation of what do you want to do with that? Do you want to keep spending time with those people? Do you want to keep involving yourself in that dynamic? Do you want to keep having those thought patterns? And then you kind of were like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And so there's always an opportunity or an invitation to yes, let go or surrender things that are not resonant with us at this moment in time I love that you said that because that was my next question how hard was it for you to surrender like from being in the states from in your career how hard was it for you to surrender <laughs> yeah Alejandra I was gonna say which time okay so yes um I'm, I'm honestly perpetually surrendering this this past year quite honestly Oh, um, no, 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 not now. Hey, you're good. But I'm talking from your career to then transitioning to mediumship, or I don't know how it was. Did you start off with uh -huh. mediumship or? Yeah, great. Okay, great. Specific. Yeah. So with stepping into being an intuitive medium, how I did that, I've always, I'm just, th this is just what I know about myself very clearly and strongly since I was a kid. And I, and I think the people that know me and love me and my family members would, would agree since I was a kid, I've always known what feels right for me and what doesn't. And then I do the thing that feels right for me, even if it doesn't seem to make sense to the yeah. outside world, even yeah, if it's yeah. not what anyone else is doing. I've just always had this really strong sense inside. If I don't do what feels right for me, I'll just sort of fizzle and die. And so I've always felt strong in being able to do that. Now, even when I have done that in my life, for instance, when I recognize that the, the, the work I was doing intuitively and the information and guidance that was coming through for friends and loved ones when I was just kind of starting out and practicing, I was like, I think something's going on here that's really helpful. And I'm going to corral some friends in and say, hey, can we do this thing? You ask some questions. I'm going to see what happens. I feel like there's this really cool information and guidance that just is not something I could dream up. And when I started doing it, I reached out purposely, intentionally to people I love and people who love me as to have that energetic support and not have someone doubting me or being skeptical or, or shoo-shooing whatever I was doing. Now I did that enough privately. Okay. I'm going to do this with a friend, do this with my mom, do it with my aunt. I did that enough to where I was able to recognize, okay, 
this, this is legit. This is super helpful. I'm learning loads. Other people are learning loads. It's really helpful. People have had trouble seeing what what's next or how to make decisions or how to work through this confusion. And so I felt into it. I said, this feels very helpful. And I want to be in service to people's transformation. I've always felt that way. People seeing themselves more clearly, people, people loving themselves. Cause when we see ourselves more clearly, we can't help but love ourselves. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's some of the, Oh God, that wasn't the best decision. It's yeah. like, Oh, good Lord. I love myself. I always do that weird thing. So that really felt so, like such a big deal to me at the time. And it felt so strong, the information coming through and, and what I was connecting with that I was like, I can't help but not do this. Now, when I started, it was very strange and, and difficult because it's like, people are like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an intuitive medium. I speak with spirit and bring through guidance and wisdom for people to help them in their lives. It's like, okay. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, raise an eyebrow and it's fine. You know, any of us doing anything, quite honestly, not just, not just someone being an intuitive or multidimensional healer, you might be off in the mathematician realm and you're off thinking of equations differently. And everyone's like, don't do that. That's crazy. No one does that. You're like, I have a feeling this is going to work. So anybody doing anything, we all have had that feeling of where, I don't think this is what anyone else is doing, or no one really agrees with this, or people don't like that I'm doing this, or people think it's weird or unimportant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If we feel that in our heart, that's what, that's the divine blueprint of God, source, creator, divine intelligence coming through every single one of us in the exact way it wants to. And it doesn't want to repeat what, what has already been done. It wants to be new. It wants to be unique. It already is. It's we're all snowflakes. And so anytime we can connect with that thing in us that is inherent, innate, easy, authentic, people go, oh yeah, you know, every time Alejandra, she's so supportive. She's so encouraging. And how do you do that, Alejandra? And you're like, it's easy. It's just like comes natural. Like, what else would I do? That's your godliness, just like showing up, being stronger than ever. So anytime we can allow that part of ourselves to come through yeah, we're, we're doing, we're doing our God thing. We're, we're sharing that love. We're being of service. I love it, Jamie, Jamie. Um, thank you so much for being on gentle touch. Thank you so much for being you. I have never discussed to everyone that's watching. That's everyone that's listening. I meet hundreds and thousands of people, like even in healthcare, even in my patients, I have never felt such a strong presence like Jamie's like I feel you know in my heart like I just feel like this sensation of warmth and like of just safety of protection of love um so I'm just saying wow that is amazing like you've left such an impact and impression on me um and and you you don't get that with everyone you you know you meet so many people and not everyone will leave you feeling a certain type of way it takes a very special individual to leave you with that um uh like presence like you are truly so blessed and powerful like I'm just like just this whole um area of the chest of love of like protection of light of like yellow white light um it's it's amazing so I just want to say thank you so much um and thank you so much for being you and working within your field and reaching out and taking the time to educate people um 
and especially with like just stepping out of your comfort zone because it's not easy it's not easy to surrender it's not easy to move out especially like from the US now move back to um to Peru it's a new beginning and also um I kind of quickly scanned through your husband he's from Wales as well right from Wales yeah he's so, Welsh so so even that that's a massive change within itself so um I just want to say thank you for being so brave and um is you you both are such an inspiration well Alejandra absolutely and it's it's my pleasure and honor to be on your podcast today and I, I'm thank you so much for your deep questions. And I, I just have enjoyed them so much and appreciate how far you look into things and that you go way beyond the shallow. So thank you. Oh, uh, you're very, very welcome. Yeah. That's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create a podcast or like a safe space for people to come on and to share that knowledge and just to allow people to, um, to, because sometimes I connect with people that are just beginning that are like, you know, that may not be in, so I just thought you know what let me just start this and maybe I could just break it down in the most sweetest way and then just mm -hmm. give people the information and if they want help if they want guidance then I could be that that individual like the plug that connects so yeah so this is where we are with gentle touch okay sounds great thank you bye Jamie see you tomorrow bye, have a lovely evening